This is the Boys Podcast from TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about The Boys, Season 2, Episode 1, The Big Ride. A team at Hannibal, Dirty Dozen, Lee Marlin, Beatles, Brian Epstein. We don't need Butcher. Okay, who's going to be our captain? You? I mean, guys, just, just, just hear me out. Shut up! Welcome back, boys and girls. We're talking about The Boys Season 2 on TV Podcast Industries. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow boys and girls. Yeah, welcome back to Season 2 of The Boys. Remember, sanitize like mother's milk, no brands preferred. Uh, I am one of your other hosts, John. (laughs) And rounding out this cockney trio of Aussie-loving, swearing everything else in between i'm chris yes we're back the most wanted podcasters in all of the world don't worry daddy's home (laughs) (laughs) you know i really wanted to use the actual quote from billy butcher but i absolutely could not get away from the apple algorithms if i used the words he used there else we'd be (laughs) totally thrown off uh, the network great to have billy butcher and his cursing sweary ways back at the end of this episode well we will just have to do it in code that's all there you go we we might just have to do that yes (laughs) Banker. The Corinthians and the uh, the 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 Freemans, so the F word and the C word, hey. all over the place. Something like that. Something like that. Yes, we're back with season two of the Boys, the Big Ride. I can say that on my Dublin accent. It sounds <laughs> even better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, really good fun uh, to, to get into this episode. Really good fun watching the uh, the team come back together and and the show kind of assemble itself. We obviously are going to spoil everything about the first episode of season two. If you haven't watched it, go watch it before jumping in. Uh, the first three episodes were released today, the 4th of September uh, on Netflix. Um, we will not be spoiling episode two and three, but we will be spoiling episode one on this episode. I'm sure you've already watched all three of them. We haven't yet. We're holding We're holding off. Are we really, though? Yeah. Are we really? We will be dropping episodes two and three as well very, very shortly. Yep, yep. Later on uh, today for episode two and over the weekend for episode three. And then we're going weekly. As the show is going weekly, they're going to be releasing episodes uh Four through to eight. I had to count those in my head there. Four through to eight uh, will be released every Friday uh, from now on, and we'll be releasing our podcast after that as well. So make sure you get your thoughts in as you watch the episodes. Email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com uh, with your thoughts about, uh, about each of the episodes of the show, and we'll discuss them as we go in. But this time, we are just going to spoil the hell out of The Boys, Season 2, Episode 1, The Big Ride. Once again, this show is based on the Garth Ennis comic books, uh, The Boys, uh, presented by Eric Kripke, the showrunner for this show. Uh, He's the writer of this first episode as well. Um, He's a producer well known for his work on Supernatural, and obviously he was the showrunner for Season 1 of The Boys as well. This episode was directed by Philip Scricchia. He did direct an episode of The Boys, Season 1. He did Season 1, Episode 3. 
Uh, you guys will definitely remember the episode because it featured Popclaw's unusually explosive sexual position. <laughs> oh God, yes, <laughs> yeah. Which we even saw in the flashback part at the start of the episode, or the uh, the recap of season one at the start of this episode. Uh, the very bloody recap <laughs> at the start of this episode. Uh, but he is also a longtime collaborator of Eric Kripke. He did forty five episodes of Kripke's other show, Supernatural. Wow, mm. what a legend! Yeah, right up to season fourteen, actually. Um, season fifteen, we haven't started watching yet. Uh, we've been watching in rears as i like to say for supernatural but we finished season 14 uh, a couple of weeks ago uh really good i, I can't believe the quality kept up uh, on that show so much like you kind of just gave up watching it because there were so many episodes but you can still jump back in and but keep you watching. always come back to it and always. it's always fantastic yeah. uh for sure looking forward to the end of the show actually looking forward to seeing how they wrap that that show up because they've gone through everything gone to heaven and hell and all the characters have died and come back to life so how do you actually finish it definitively if you're going to close off a show like that well and and certainly as one of the main actors uh, from Supernatural will be popping into season three of The Boys as well. That's right. Jetson Eccles is going to be joining the show in season three. And rumours that we will also see another one of the big actors from Supernatural and from The Walking Dead uh, arriving over onto, uh, onto season three as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Did I know about that one? Yeah. No, I didn't either. What is the secret that you hold from us? Yes, a conversation between uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and uh, Eric Kripke, where Jeffrey Dean Morgan congratulated Kripke on how wonderful uh, season one of the show was and really looking forward to season two. And uh, Kripke said that he will write him into season three of the show. So uh, so it's possibility Great that we we'll have stuff. father and son team of of, uh, of the Supernatural boys over on season yes, three. Yes, the Winchesters uh, arriving to the boys excellent stuff yeah, there you go so there's lots of lots of supernatural connections we did also see uncle bobby in the opening of this episode as well uh, so still lots of the members of that team uh, involved in the show but of course when you got a showrunner as awesome as eric kripke who still seems to get on with all of his uh, all of his former team um of course he's going to involve them in the show Let's get into our discussion about the show itself, though. John, what, what did they give us? Do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the first episode of Season 2, The Big Ride? Sure. With Madeline Stillwell dead, law enforcement is on the hunt for Billy Butcher, prime suspect in her murder, and his associates. As the boys try to work out what their next play is, Huey wants to go after Vought with assistance from Starlight, while Frenchie and Mother Milk await the return of their missing captain, Billy Butcher. Vought Industries continues to consolidate and promote its role in the US military with the continued threat of super terrorists in America. Meanwhile, an out-of-sorts and milk-deprived Homelander tries to find the replacements for Translucent and A-Train around the table of the Seven. But things don't go all his own way. Oh, milk-deprived Homelander. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, that's put me off dairy for quite some time, methinks. <laughs> if you haven't joined us for any of our other shows, and if you're only subscribing to us on The Boys Podcast from TV Podcast Industries, you may remember uh, that we do cover this show differently than we cover the rest of our shows. We talk about our boys or protagonist moment, we talk about our seven or antagonist moment, and we talk about our outstanding moment from the episode. Three points each to go through all of the points in the episode, all the moments in the episode. Loads happening because this is the first episode of the show. Loads happening to catch us up on what happened in season one and to set up the storyline for season two of the show. So, Chris, do you want to kick us off with your boys' protagonist moment for the episode? Why not? Um, I'm going to kick off very easy and it's the boys go to the boats. Mm. 
Um, so overarching my whole, all my points linked together very much being the, how the boys are set to setting up and how the, the show, I mean, is setting up, uh, the, uh, super terrorist. I'm, excuse me, excuse me, super villains. Mm-hmm, yes. Um, that's much better uh, with people. And the boys, uh, <laughs> slash seven. Yeah. So it's good. This is obviously going to be the overarching kind of thread through this. Which, uh, I loved in the comic books. The comic books, this is a, a kind of core tenant kind of storyline that kind of came through in the later half of the, the comic books. So to see this come to life is amazing. Mm-hmm. But to my boys moment, they, they really are setting it in the, so the boys have been locked away. They've been trying to figure out what to do next. And we get this. They've been working with the Haitian mob, the Haitian gang, and they, believed that the Haitian gang was just running weapons. Yeah. Frenchie was helping them bring in, we saw a rocket launcher, uh, we saw a couple of machine guns, some handguns. So he thought they were just running weapons, which it was his role. Yeah. That's what his previous background was we saw in season one. He, he's a, he's a gun runner. Yeah. He's, he's a man who gets you the arsenal. They're definitely running drugs as well though, aren't they? They're, they you see them sticking something inside of A-Train's shoes, the version of Nike Jordans, I guess, in the, in this universe. You see them sticking stuff into the shoes to ship out some drugs as well, don't they? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they, they're doing drugs, but Frenchie says in this, he was only helping them run weapons. Right. Like right. I, I was getting the weapons in and out for them. Yeah. And then we actually see they, they, there's a, one of the Haitian member comes in. We get a, a, a fantastic back and forth in French where no one understands what's happening. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and they, they don't tell us. I'm presuming when it comes out on Amazon Prime, because they're usually pretty good at doing their uh, doing their, their work on it, so with, this will be subtitled so people may know what's actually happening in this scene. But Hopefully. For for those of us who kind of viewed it quite a, a, a slightly earlier yeah. than its release, we had no idea. So I was going by my passing parlez-vous français <laughs> uh, understanding, and I was just in there going, nope, nope, don't, don't know. It. I like the, they, they look very animated, it's good. Like, it does make the scene funny when you have Huey at the end of, like, three or four minutes of French going, what the hell did that guy just <laughs> yeah, say? Exactly. That seems quite scary, so maybe, they, maybe they'll keep it that way for the show, maybe it'll have the wonderful thing on subtitles where it goes in French, <laughs> and that's all you see on screen, <laughs> but, uh, but we'll see next week, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but they they, the guy comes in, he's bloody and batten, he, they want to take him to the, the, the hospital, he doesn't, so they end up going and we find that there has been a wreckage, a boat has been tossed from the sea mm-hmm. onto the ground. They look at the CCTV and we see that they've been running people. They've essentially, it's, uh, be it smuggling human trafficking or slaves or we're not sure what, mm-hmm. but there's definitely people coming in off the boat and they've, inadvertently brought in a super terrorist or super villain. Um, yes. And this is setting up the good the week because we see the female finds a piece of origami paper into the shape of a crane um, there in the water. So that's obviously will play a part mm, um, because about. she keeps going, boy, 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 um, while talking to Frenchie. And that makes no sense. So it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see how that pans out yeah, I love but that you say keeps, I love that you say she keeps saying boy 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 while talking to Frenchie and not one word is uttered uh, this time by, by Kamiko we, we again have a very silent uh, female in this episode uh, but yeah but she's that, learning to write she is absolutely it's a good job she's on the bees as well otherwise she couldn't have said boy <laughs> I thought she was going to progress onto boat as well yeah. but we didn't get that <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> 
Um, no, so this is my moment. So mm-hmm. this is very much, it's the catalyst that kind of sets us on the rest of the race towards um, what happens throughout the episode. Yeah. And I'm enjoying that they could have spent this whole 60 minutes, 60 plus, just kind of going, and what's happened in the couple of weeks since? Yeah. Here's everyone, and let's rejoin, and here's Catch You Up. No, no, they've jumped straight in, and you're straight away essentially kind of dropped into the boys season two mm-hmm. it's 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 everything we loved about these characters uh and they're they're they, they've shown some growth but essentially it's like hey you're we're into this now like you, you you'll catch up with the rest of us exactly exactly so and what do you think chris since this is your point what do you think so so they released the chemical v into the world to create these super villains the super villain seems to be on board with this this boat full of uh, of human trafficked humans, I suppose, brought into the country. Do you think that uh, the people that worked with Frenchie knew that they were bringing in a super terrorist, super villain, or do you think somebody else was involved? Do you is this the whole story where they, where they covering up the import of a super villain into the US? Is that is that what, what was happening? What what's your thoughts? So I'm going with that. No, they they thought they were just smuggling in people. It looks from the back and forth the fight. Uh, that we see on CCTV, yeah. that he's like, no, you're going this way with the rest of people, and the guy goes, or the woman goes, nope, smash with a boat. Uh-huh. Um, what we do know is that they were uh, Homelander released the the formula for Compound V out into the wild last season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the thing is, Compound V is given to children, um, so and that's how they made the how the soups grow. Yes. They grow with powers in utero, etc. As we saw what last season s- with baby with laser eyes. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that baby with laser eyes. I want one. Diabolical. Um, just just so for soldering purposes only. Oh. Actually, that has been released as a toy, hasn't it? Uh, there is, it there has. is a, a baby toy that you can buy with laser <laughs> eyes. Excellent anyway. stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think what we may get is there's an element from the comics that hasn't been discussed, which is this more temporary compound V mm-hmm. that gives you this gives elder adults or adolescents powers. Interesting. So I feel that's where we may have he- be heading. Like it's this temporary compound V that kind of soups you up interesting sounds like a movie that was released during the summer this summer on netflix almost called project power yeah yes mm. <laughs> um i i feel that's where they may go so that this is or it will come all the way back to that like we know that homeland did this so that they could be super villains so that they have someone to fight so that they get into the military and he can become the superman mm-hmm. um so it's going to get interesting to see how they start pointing these bits together because the show has spun off into its own version of the boys. Yes. It is, it, it's not following the storyline exactly. They are, they, they're taking liberties with it. And it's, I will say this, as I said in the end of season one, they're taking great liberties. Yeah. I'm very happy with the, the way they're going, what the choices they're making. Yeah. They're bringing it a bit more because again, this, comic book was the source material was written a good few years ago Uh. so this is going to be a reimagining based on the world we are living in now the decade we are in now so i think it is going to be something along those lines based on some of the trailers as well that's where i'm putting some of these points so i'm not going to jump into that because i don't want to spoil because the trailer is designed to mislead in a way it's the coolest action is bits given completely out of context absolutely um 
But yeah, so that is my main point for this episode if regarding The Boys. Excellent, excellent. John, what about your protagonist, The Boys moment for the episode? For me, it's, it's Mother's Milk. It's kind of, um, it's, it's his, it's him keeping his standards in that sense. I love the fact, you know, they're in this criminal sort of hiding hole. Mm-hmm. Um, there's drugs being pushed, there's guns being run. Um, he's doing, all the kind of surgery work he's taking a bullet out there and yet yeah. he, he's kind of, he's missing his daughter and um, so whilst all of this crazy stuff is going on around him and they're effectively hiding for their lives and you know they're wanted associates of billy butcher mm-hmm. that he is doing his vermont country dollhouse uh and you see him with his set square sort of making sure that everything's perfectly aligned uh, and that if anyone destroys this dollhouse he is absolutely gonna um take a bat to them and uh you know he's clearly missing his daughter i can mm-hmm. only assume he is doing this somehow to get it to his daughter yeah. uh, rather than he has some kind of um craft arts and craft uh, fetish or OCD so Maybe that he, he, just, likes he just has to build uh, Vermont country dollhouses. I just thought this was just a nice weird thing in the middle of this kind of cellar where they're hiding you know, even just to the fact that you see Huey um, you know, sniffing his shirts sort of washing from the sink all uh-huh. this kind of stuff, like they're, they're grubby and that, I think this comes to the other point where, you know Mother's Milk asks Huey to get the Purell with aloe um, so that it's still soft on his hands. Yeah. I mean, this was obviously done before lockdown, mm-hmm. uh, and who would have thought that, uh, you know, we would have a hand sanitizer gag almost sort of at at the start. And, I mean, like myself, who would have thought, I think I saw it on social media recently, uh, that my hands was probably have absorbed or drank more alcohol than my mouth uh-huh. uh, at this stage <laughs> in 2020. Yeah, that's um, saying a lot. <laughs> with, you know, everyone's hands in bits from continually yep. washing and sanitizing. Yes. And here we have mother's milk making sure that in amongst all this chaos, in amongst all this grime, filth and dirt he is still keeping a good hygiene program going uh, i just love this kind of fairly sort of weird and bizarre behavior from mother's milk yes. in this setting but it was really good yes we are mother's milk I think, at this stage <laughs> yeah please you're allowed to go out from our underground cave huey uh, and get out in the street as long as you bring me back the hand sanitizer basically <laughs> well and, and well i haven't started making vermont country dollhouses mm. just yet and i can't imagine that i would but yes uh, that set square though oh my goodness that was so funny. Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we make podcasts, not uh, Vermont Country Dallas. <laughs> That's basically our version of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the hideout um, behind a kind of a, uh, kind of a, a pawn shop is what it looks like or a, a bargain shop. Uh, I love as you see Huey walk out. Uh, there's a rack full of comic books. All of the, of the uh, seven have their own individual comic books. He just gives it that kind of cursory glance of, Oh, these people have ruined my life. Um, also, as you say, these guys are on the run. It says on the TV, you have the list of each of each member of the team uh, and the fact that they're being chased down by the FBI and you just see Frenchie the unknown uh, name on them <laughs> you see Frenchie kind of looking away going they still don't know my name everybody else is infamous but I'm just that guy you know <laughs> he looks he looks kind of I think he looks a bit disturbed they don't know his name probably a good thing probably makes it easier not to catch him though right yeah so I was just curious so there was comic books and I, I rewound it yep. so I was just like 
do you, you okay which of you have read or how far have you guys read into the actual source material a fair bit yeah probably, probably okay have yeah. you come across the comic book store no okay so there in the source material there is a comic book store okay so i'm curious if this is an analogy for that their version mm. or or is it they i still want us to go to a comic book store and i'm hoping they do the comic book store storyline because okay. it's quite funny okay <laughs> so i'm just kind of like oh no I, I saw that and i was like oh i'm hoping I'm hoping <laughs> but it's, we'll see excellent excellent uh that your point your boys point it up? is it certainly is cool. mother's milk Cool. Well, I'm going to officially bring in uh, one of the other members of the Seven into the boys because... We... But this is a boys moment. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, we talked about it throughout Radical. season one as to whether uh, we could consider Starlight a member of the boys or a member of the Seven as such. She is obviously got the title now. She is now Citizen Starlight, member of the Seven, and very, very outspoken in her support of Homelander, as we see in the in the episode. But really, my big point is Huey and Starlight are in an undercover relationship uh, for this episode. We're th- they're still together, sort of, um, but she's kind of being connected with other people. Definitely, there's a vibe there that she's possibly connected with Homelander. Uh, I thought, anyway, when she's yes. on the screen, she he reaches out for her hand. She shows how supportive she is uh, of him. It feels like that would be kind of an e-channel thing where you'd have underline, oh, maybe they've started a relationship kind of thing, you know, is what it feels like. But we also hear she's been connected with another very famous actor, uh, Alden Ehrenreich, uh, who played Solo in Han Solo movie. Uh, he's a very, very famous actor. But I do wonder if they're friends. They're all around the same age group, um, uh, the, the actors anyway. I wonder, is there this little, a little gag at Alden Ehrenreich? Or will we see... a guest appearance from him later on in the series potentially um you know we see uh, that'd be cool we see starlight being very complimentary about his acting and very complimentary about how nice a guy he is and how little he lies to her <laughs> so uh, which is something that she definitely wants from a boyfriend after the uh, the time she spent with huey who lied to her every day as she says um but i like this i love the the idea and you know as as you guys all know i'm a big fan of espionage stuff and, and spies and thriller stuff that's my big comic book uh, series with Agents of Shield. That's my my stuff, you know. So having the idea of having undercover Starlight among the group, um, will she be found out? There's loads of uh, little spy tricks that you hear from Huey. She has to make sure that she breaks her SIM card anytime she goes near him. They have to use burner phones to keep in contact with each other. They have to meet uh, in public locations and cover each other, cover cover their heads, cover their identities when they're together. So that feels like a little espionage story going on in the boys, and that just got me got me going for this season. I like the idea because I love how that puts her on the outs. That means that you've got a character like Starlight who's um, supposed to be the really innocent one, but actually in the background she's going behind someone like Homelander who's well known for um, for doing very bad things to people that go against him. So Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking, just how much that kind of puts her in peril. Um, and, and certainly given she is hamming it up then massively in front of the uh, TV cameras. I, I was even wondering that because she was helped... Um, Huey and Frenchie and Mother's Milk to escape um, at the end of season one. Yeah. I just wondered, does Homelander even know about that? Have they kind of patched things up? Is, you know, is there some obviously coming at it however long uh, since that happened, mm-hmm. um, or is he suspicious of her still yeah. um, in in some way? So yeah, this is this this puts Starlight in a really nice kind of position for the the coming season. Exactly. Yeah. So I I I'm interested to see the I know you use the term relationship. Uh-huh. I think they're just friends or colleagues now. That's the mm. way that they're work. 
Because there was that whole knee, the knee part where they were yeah. like shot of the knee. So like, I don't see them as being, they're not boyfriend and girlfriend anymore. They, they like each other. And especially towards the end of this episode where she's like, don't lie to me again. I, I can tell when you're lying to me. I'm not lying to you. Yeah. We know that. So it, I think that the, the journey for their, yes. Okay. Fine. Relationship uh-huh. is that they is to get them back together by the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. I th- I think they're not actively together right now. They're meant they're to be together. together. Yeah, they're meant yeah. to be together, but they can't be together because you know he's a wanted terrorist and she's and she's uh, and bridges were burned at the in season one, yeah. and of course yeah. in in this first episode he also doesn't tell her the truth again. Uh-huh. So you know. Um, he is burning his bridge in the future if she ever finds out. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But she knows. She definitely Yeah, knows I think she's got a she good says, idea. She says, I know you're lying. Yeah, yeah. I, I also have to say I do love uh, when that, that she doesn't know where they are. He hasn't shared that information with her. He hasn't shared it with Starlight where their base is. Even though he trusts her, he has to make sure that she doesn't find out in case anything happens, you know. So uh, so she asks where he's staying. And he's like, oh, Club Mad, the parties are amazing. <laughs> uh, good fun, really good fun. But that's that's my big moment uh, for the boys' side of things, uh, Hugh and, and Starlight working together, kind of behind the backs of everybody and the boys as well. Uh, you know, Frenchie and and uh, Mother Milk know nothing about this either. So uh, and Kamiko's not not involved in these discussions at all. So Yeah, it's, it's only sort of towards the end that, Mother's Milk, they all then realise that he has already been in contact with her and it's kind of like, I think that's around the the time where um, if anything happens to Mother's Milk's um, Vermont dollhouse yeah. then, and it's because of this, he's going to crush He's going to kill Huey. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go on to our antagonist moment, the other side of the house. What's going on with the seven? Chris, do you want to give us your big antagonist moment for the episode? Yes. So for me, this is very much um, Black Noir and mm-hmm. the Arabian terrorist um, who is Nakib. Yes. Um, yeah, no, it, 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 I really enjoyed this. Um, he, like, Nakib is just captain. So it's like the Arabian captain, the Islamic state captain mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, and I'm, it's good. To, this it feels ripped from the comic books. It's that kind of piece uh there's obviously a, again actually this is ripped from the comic books but it's fun to see how they portrayed this because what we do get is black noir black noir in uh, we we he was around <laughs> in season one he certainly was he was in every episode uh, of season one and never said a line um yep. which was which was always great fun he also had his face covered the whole time there was an actor in the mask the whole time he was the same actor throughout the season of season one yep. but he never got a line or anything to do really uh, throughout yep. the first season so this time we're now seeing the powers of black noir this is the scene that was shown at the san diego comic-con panel and um, that the boys did during the summer if you haven't seen it the panel is hilarious it's really really good but this was the the clip that was shown i still feel it or at least it feels more violent <laughs> in yeah the one that's on that's on amazon prime but I think it's exactly the same scene that we saw before, but I think it is massively violent, though, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, it is. And it's it, it's the same uh, actor uh, and character from season one yeah. where he's given these the, the compound V by Homelander. Mm-hmm. And then he kills the at the end of the... It was the end of season one, I believe. Uh, we see him kind of destroy the, the, the base. Yes, Nakib. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so it's it's cool to see that they're 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 kind of building up again. This is my whole threaded point. They're building up the super villain mm-hmm. uh, storyline, and this is one great one. Interestingly, we do see the uh, uh, how invulnerable, if we want to call it that, Black Noir is. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he takes a full detonation from Nakib, like. Point blank rage <laughs> and gets like half his mask melted and we get this kind of chest kind of ripped open. Uh, and we do see this great shot of kind of the burn torched skin crusted and well barbecued mm-hmm. uh, underneath. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I love the look on the keeb's face when he realizes he hasn't taken out Black Noir. Uh, and obviously then the sequence after it, the surprise on his face that is like kept for um immortality mm-hmm. with uh, with the old slice uh, and decapitation. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get the fun scene of the boy, <laughs> the child. It's just like the head, and then it's like playing with the rabbit. Yeah, yes. follow the rabbit. Yeah, look at it go. Hilarious, um, absolutely hilarious. Yeah. yeah, this is this is effectively. I, I'm guessing that Black Noir here, anyway, is their version of of Deadpool, right? It's uh, he he runs yeah. around with the knives. He uh, the bomb that explodes that takes away part of his face, but it doesn't kill him. He seems completely invulnerable and seems to have that kind of uh, mercenary for hire almost kind of look about him. But at least that's the, my, what I thought when I watched the, this this episode of the tv show okay yeah it could be it could be um i i get the feeling so again i've got the burden of knowledge of the comic uh-huh. books yeah so there's elements here that will if they follow the comic book storyline it plays it all plays back um i don't want to ruin that of course not. again no. so like i've been saying this for like a whole season already yeah. going i know stuff can't tell you what read the comic books uh-huh. um i think they what I can say is there's a childlike, if they do follow the comic books, there's a childlike innocence to Black Noir. And that's where the, con- the, the, the rabbit bit comes from. Mm-hmm. He is childlike and he likes to play and things like that. Yes, very, um, good, very good. But it's good to see how it kind of runs together and how, what they've done to this whole scene. Yeah. Like they, they, they show the, the ferocity, the, 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 the speed, the destruction that is Black Noir. Yeah. And also give you that comedic element. So it's very much the boys. I, I, yeah. And I, I loved how they sliced in the meeting at Vought with the military and sliced in again, uh, the kind of the secretary handing around all the, <laughs> all, 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 all the lunch packages to the people. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, you know, serious military conversation, black noir, uh, kind of slicing and dicing uh, to get to Nakib, and then some guy going, so whose is the quinoa salad wrap? <laughs> it's just like, I love that kind of take in the boys. It's yeah. just the uh, absurd with the ultra-violent absurd with sort of just the damn right kind of officious i suppose it's yeah. just really nicely sort of cut between the three i'm definitely gonna have to check this out that guy that was serving the sandwiches or the the lunch order to everybody in the offices i think that's the guy from season one the kind of pr representative that tried to convince huey to take the offer from uh from vosh industries oh i think he's just, that would be fun if i think he's been busted down to doing the lunch order for everybody i uh, just i recognize that the face and I, i'm almost certain i was re-watching season one there um a couple of months ago uh, so i need to i need to go back and just check that but i think that's it but that you're right 
like that is that is really Eric, Eric Kripke's kind of take on these characters, you know, having those kind of real world conversations, even Nakib and his, and his helper uh, having that conversation about what's possibly going to be the thing that you put on a T-shirt for me when I become this amazing supervillain. <laughs> uh, they kind of toss around a few catchphrases that could work on a T-shirt, which I just think is really yeah. funny. But uh, yeah, great job, Kripke. It, it gets better, though, because I like the casualty discussion. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the uh, ca- the casualty number that we're expecting here? Well, of course we're always going to say zero. Yeah. But between you and I, we're looking at thirty to forty yeah. percent, and you're like, what? <laughs> oh, <I> no. <laughs> Friendly fire casualty. Cone like, of like, silence. No. Cone but the trouble is, you know those discussions happen, mm-hmm. uh, and you're like, oh, he- that's why I like Eric Kripke, and I especially like the boys because it does it has that way of blending. That, that kind of, that humor, that violence, but also that, uh, I hate to call it social commentary. Uh-huh. Uh, it, because of kind of what it is. It's that the corporate discussion where it's like, yeah, on paper, we're going to say zero. But in truth, it's going to be 30 or 40%, <laughs> but we're prepared to take that chance. Exactly. It's in exactly. line with other, uh, other cities. Cause you hear like that the other cities have the same number. Exactly. But on the paper, it's zero. So anyway. Overall, completing my point of my my boys, my uh, seven moment is that Black Noir and Nakib mm-hmm. um, point. But John, what was your seven moment? Yeah, my my seven moment is the despair of the deep. Yeah, oh. he is spiraling down there in Sandusky, Ohio, and uh, you know after one too many cocktails. He's been left out of Translucent's funeral, which in itself is hilarious with the empty coffin and Starlight's moving song of remembrance. I think it's called Never Truly Vanish. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, I think we've been waiting for a song to take over from the Jessica Jones song uh, that that was so awfully written that it made us laugh. The minute I saw Starlight there on stage, I knew this was going to be up there. It's so well written. The lyrics are really good. Her voice is great. Uh, But I, I think I think I also love the addition of the kind of uh, country music star hair that she's attached to her head to make her look <laughs> exactly <more> starlighty, <laughs> and all the um, all the pictures of translucent, you know, oh. growing up, and you just see like the floating nappy yeah. or the baby onesie, uh, and no yeah, head. yeah, really, really <laughs> good. How do you know when you've lost your baby if they're invisible? Translucent, <laughs> yeah. exactly, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, the despair of the deep. One too many cocktails. He has this breakdown at the water park uh, because he's, you know, sidelined. <laughs> um, and just sort of giving out to all the kids saying, you know, water's not fun, kids. It's it's dangerous. It's important. Have you ever swum the Mariana Trench? All this kind of stuff, you know, with the cops, they're waiting to effectively uh, pick him up and um, yeah. chuck him into into jail. So dark, so lonely, so, so very lonely. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. And the poor Deep, you know, even in prison as he's... he's um, sort of bailed out the by this this new character eagle the archer and mm-hmm. um, you know he's sat in chewing gum in the jail it's got it on his ass and um <laughs> you know he's kind of trying to remember this guy who remembers him but ultimately this this eagle the archer is possibly his road to salvation um as he goes to this this therapy session mm, not um, a therapist well, therapist break your mind but <laughs> yes she is not a therapist um is it carol uh, the the therapist or yeah. no seems to be the um 
sort of, I suppose I was going to say a cult leader, but she is um, a leader of the Church of the Collective. So the Deep's road to coming back into um, the Seven is through this uh, collective destinations, as they call themselves. Basically Scientology. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, okay, so we're all aligned on that. It's, it's, it is basically Scientology. Yeah, okay. The Church of the Collective Destinations is the full name, yeah. I love this whole thing where it's like, I don't need to be here. Why am I here? I, I'm, you know, I'm going. Uh, you've got this whole thing from Eagle the Archer, which I love. It's kind of a nice little skit on <laughs> Hawkeye where he, he talks about this, some hostage situation where he just goes... There's only so many arrows a quiver can hold, and <laughs> and, and and you think um, arrows versus like an AR-15 or something, oh, you know, and, and technology, and it's just like you know his despair has come from the fact that he's a souped-up Robin Hood, uh-huh. and um, there's only so much he can do with a bow and arrow. Uh, I really like that little skit. Um, uh, but ultimately, but what is the, the Carol says to him? What, what is the Carol's convinced in that it's not it's not useless? It's classic. It, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and right. there is this way then for the deep. This is the way Carol uh, nets him uh, is that he can get back into um, the the seven here, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of interesting because yes, it is this collective destinations, um, which is this church of the collective, and so. I'm kind of wondering how they want to insert themselves into the seven potentially here Um, and maybe infiltrates not the right word, but that influence that they can get from being on um, the seven as, as they see it. So I like this. I, I like, you know, the deep has gone through a lot and, just keeping that going is is classic. Uh, loved it. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. Loved the interaction between these characters. And yeah, uh, I, I kind of also like that they've misdiagnosed the deep. They've said that his problem is the drinking. It's not the drinking. <laughs> it's not. It's not, the drinking is the problem. That they do also mention his uh, his self loathing, uh, and that's what causes him to do the things he did. Like he's an awful character in season one. He's totally taking advantage of his um, of his. Status as being a member Definitely. of the seven. That's absolutely what we saw in season one. When you watch back on season one, you probably realize that it probably didn't get him very far. He just thought he could use the influence that he had, but now he's lost everything completely for season two. He's, he's totally at, at rock bottom, which is where they, where they find him here. But yeah, you're right. A really interesting idea having the Scientologists of this universe trying to work their way into vault somehow through the deep. So uh, that'd be really good fun storyline for the season. It will be. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it will. It will be really interesting to see how it all sort of ties together. And certainly since at the moment, maybe we've not got Ezekiel back in here mm. yet. Um, so uh, there was that thread anyway from, from season one. And now That's right, it, yeah. it's taking a little more uh, alien comes to earth vibe uh, to it. Uh, and not so much of the evangelical Christianity vibe yeah. to it. So, yeah. That's right. Um, I think Ezekiel was the guy that was leading the, the whole christianity uh, evangelical christianity movement but uh, by the end of the season we we saw that he was completely uh, opposite to what he was preaching i'm still slightly suspicious as well as to whether the deep will fully get brought into the fold Mm. of this it seems as though you know he just wants to get back into the seven he wants that 
status back again uh, that he had previously rather than sort of slumming it still in Sandusky in Ohio. So, I'm sure we mentioned it last uh, last season Sandusky Ohio is a landlocked state right a landlocked area of, yeah. of the of the US so he's not even allowed to be near the ocean <laughs> so he has to go to water parks to open them up for the kids so yeah uh, this is the worst possible place <laughs> you could put the deep uh, yeah love, love seeing the character back the actor such, does such a good performance yeah, really good. Um, Derek, what is your seven moment? All right, if you guys weren't going to tackle it, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> Homelander loves mother's milk, not our mother's milk, though. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Homelander's just, you need to start off the season making sure we're all aligned on the type of character that Homelander is. And they do it very quickly here with this scene where he's going into Madeline Stilwell's office um, to check out her former belongings and uh, comes across a uh, one bottle of uh, of baby milk and baby yeah yeah breast milk i guess uh, that she had left behind in her freezer yeah look you know i think this a tiny bit of this clip again i think was in was in trailers uh, before but it it's even more stomach churning on screen um but it's not the only thing about homelander that's stomach churning you know he kind of had stillwell's ear in season one we had those moments where he was trying to convince her to do things but this time he's actually brought back someone that he feels he can control even more uh, ashley's come back obi minifee uh, who was in season one and fired i think by episode seven or episode six i think she was fired by madeline for going yeah ashley ashley yeah, yeah. yeah um but he brings her back to ba- basically force her to do everything that he wants her to do you know we see it in many scenes throughout the episode the some of the funny ones like the uh the test audience for his upcoming movie um where he's testing them with the uh whether it's super villain or uh, or should it be super terrorist and he effectively goes it's going to be super villain don't know why you're asking these people and then they ask about whether it should be homelander saves the world or homelander says america saves america test audience go save the world that sounds much more powerful and he says no no it is definitely going to be saves america because we want to be in the army and it's only going to be americans that will put this in their army so he's in complete control and then the other devastatingly brutal scene from homelander from the episode i think is where it's where i'm going to end this point um, when he meets the brand new recruit for the seven that, uh, that Ashley's arranged, uh, blind spot, the, uh, visually impaired, uh, superhero, because it tests well with millennials who are all into inclusion. She says she is also a diabolical character. Of course, she works for Vought, but you know, she's a di- diabolical PR agent. Just a bit. Um, but yes, no, we have. No, 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 she's just a PR agent. She is they're, just. They're, 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 once you're in PR, you, you lose all sense of morale. Speaking of someone who worked in PR for years. There you go. There you go. But yeah, we have this, uh, great introduction to this effectively the daredevil character right um that's yep. that's that's kind of where he where they're pitching him he has the great moment where he's fighting all the way around the the gym you know showing off his talents and homelander comes down and he's able to tell that it's homelander when he walks into the room he doesn't need to even hear his voice he hears him just kind of scoff a little bit and he immediately goes oh my god you came down to see me you know and homelander says the words that homelander would always say you know uh, you you fought through your own battles through your life isn't that wonderful yeah you're a true inspiration yeah, gosh so, he so proud of you. he sounds so genuine doesn't he doesn't he just and then the uh what if i did this as he uh busts the eardrums of uh, of blind spots sending him bleeding to the floor and then which is a fair actual bit when you gotta go oh yeah yeah, for someone whose whole thing is based on their equilibrium, their hearing, their senses, 
what if you destroy the senses? Well, yeah, yeah, but you would assume that the reason why his guard was slightly dropped is because this is supposed to be Homelander, the leader of the new team that he's joined that's done it, you know. I presume if he was out fighting villains in the street, he'd probably be better at blocking himself. But uh, but yeah, Homelander instantly taking the kid out. And the whole reason he does it is because that's not why he hired Ashley. He hired Ashley to do everything for him, and he will be the only person that will choose who's in the seven, you know. Um, I thought this scene was I suppose as uh, as diabolical let's use the boy's word <laughs> as anything that Homelander has done in season one uh, sets him back up to being that Homelander we remember uh, the really evil leader of the seven so I uh, so really loved how the scene kind of brought us back to that character again well that's it I think it's in these moments with Ashley and also with um, Blindspot that you you see the menace is still there with with home Homelander, even though there's some kind of I don't know whether he does have killer's regret uh, for killing Madeline Stillwell, he certainly got uh, regret that he no longer has a bountiful source no, of breast God. milk. <laughs> but um, for sure, it, you know, does he miss her? Or doesn't he? Does he have remorse um, in, in some way? Like it, it was an interesting moment about where um, uh, he was asked about whether he. Um, is any closer to finding Billy Butcher, who is accused of killing her and blowing up her house. Um, mm-hmm. And you just wonder, is he actually really going after her or not? But, you know, it, the, these moments with Ashley, you really get the sense of Homelander being in control um, and, and this menace where, you know, he has effectively got Ashley over a barrel yeah. um, to, yeah. to do his bidding. Uh, and, yeah, that's what's so great about the focus group that, um, you know, when they go his way, he's like, look, I told you so. And when uh, they don't, it's no, it's still saving America. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, really good. <laughs> exactly. I've been in so many focus groups like that, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> no, no, they're not giving us the answer that we paid all the money to have a research group about. <laughs> We're not listening to that. Yeah, like, you know, Ashley hated her job in season one and then got fired from it. And now she's back uh, in season two in this role that she can only hate more. Like, Madeline Stillwell was bad. But Homelander telling you, effectively, I will rip off your head if you don't do exactly what uh, what I want. And he can do that instantly. It's not like, I'll shout your head off. It's uh, you can actually rip her head off. So, uh, yeah, exactly. not looking good for Ashley. Um, that's it on the seven, I think. Um, it is. Any other big moments, the outstanding moment for the episode that we haven't covered? Chris, what about yours? I'm going to start quick and easy. It all comes together when Rainer loses her head. Um, yeah, so this is fun for me because essentially this, they zigged when I, I thought they were zagging. Um, and I know that I say that a lot. You do, Chris. You really That's what do. I enjoy. <laughs> I really do. Uh, because this is what I enjoy about TV or well written TV. Maybe you just can't predict zags or zigs. I, do, I really can. Yeah, like, like, I, I, I think it's just, I'm constantly zigging and I'm just running around That's in a circle. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're like yeah. a, you're like an alligator. You can only go in the straight line and it's like, where's this going? I can't follow it. <laughs> help me, help me. Why are they still being able to chase me? Um, no, so I was not expecting this. This is like, they set it up. It's like, okay, we're going to go. We're going to get this. And they get right to, um, Suddenly, your head explodes, and I was like, "Like they have not like there yeah. is this a soup? Is this uh, a gun? Like that makes heads go kablooey? Um, it's just huge. It 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 because especially it's this the, the fact that they're in the CIA and now they're gone because Mother's Milk's whole thing was 
he was coming back. He was going to get to see his family. She was going to work on that if this all turned out. And she sets up that, oh, now it's all falling into place. We had, like, you've just brought me the missing element. So they understand that Voth's doing something. Now, we understand that it's Voth producing super villains. Uh That's what we think, that they're trying to get themselves in, that she was working towards this. But there's obviously more to it. Absolutely. Uh, that. So it was just it's it, it's a good explosive moment to set you on the path <laughs> to the rest of the season. It, it really <laughs> is in, in the immortal explosive. words of Billy Butcher. Raina has blown her canister. <laughs> it was like what a description. Uh-huh. Uh, really, really good. Yeah, I mean, because she, she's calling it a coup, isn't she? Uh, from yeah. the inside by Vort, effectively. Yeah. So, yeah, I wonder who had blown her canister. I wonder, is it kind of Black Noir? You know, because I kind of, I always feel he's the weapons expert. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, who is it um, yeah. that's done it? Or is it Homelander? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but or, uh, I think it's more soups. I think this whole thing is that there is a Vought-controlled super villain kind of team. Yeah. That have been smuggled into the into America, yeah. and that's the coup that she's mentioning. Exactly, because they've, they've created a group of supervillains, and one of their powers is popping heads. Popping heads, yeah, exactly. Um, you're you're right as well, Chris. You know, it's really, I suppose, it's really important to point out the flow of the conversation. Is they're having a conversation where she's talking about you know their family and their friends, and she's aware of every of of all of them and how they're all doing effectively. But it's the moment that she pieces it all together and says uh oh we've all are behind this you've yeah. you've confirmed it it's the minute that she says you've confirmed it now i know what's happening that her head explodes so someone's listening in or there's a device in her brain that explodes yeah. when she realizes it's all connected um it was a, a totally shocking moment because this is the same actress from season one uh jennifer esposito she's the same person that was playing that character for six episodes of season one very involved in uh, in helping out Butcher and the boys yeah. going after Vaught, you know? So, real shock that she's got at the end of this episode in that moment. Just yeah. totally unexpected. Um. And it took- they zagged when I thought they would zig. <laughs> See? Anyway, uh, so that's my big outstanding moment for this one. And to move it slightly on, and kind of in a similar vein, John, what is your point? Yeah, no, my, my kind of big moment was, an outstanding moment was, um, you know, who runs Vought effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this standoff between Homelander and Edgar. You know, he's put Ashley in a place for trying to bring, uh, in Blindspot and then he's, um, suddenly confronted with Stormfront whilst he's um, doing promotional stuff for Vought. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his reaction in that is priceless. But, you know, he, he goes to see Edgar and, uh, you know, wanting this respect from Edgar. And effectively, I love that Edgar stands up. I mean, I was expecting the eyes to go red here, but Edgar is... You know, we are not a superhero company. Mm-hmm. We are a pharmaceutical company, and you get this. Um, you you get this. Um, history of Vought uh, Corporation here, and uh, the scientists that founded it, Frederick Vought, um, a Nazi scientist, like with the um, Operation Paperclip, bringing over scientists um, from Nazi Germany, and that um, even. Uh, 
with Oppenheimer, you know, before anything was getting off the ground there. Um, Edgar's sort of saying there were practical applications for Compound V in the field, um, uh, even in in the 40s with um, Soldier Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, ah, Captain America. Captain America, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. who Jensen Ackles is um, purported to play, I believe. Um, is that right? Yes. I think so. It is, and we'll jump into the history of... Uh, We'll jump into the history of Soldier Boy in Chris's Corner. Yes, very yes. very Chris's good. Corner returns for the boy season two. Forgot about that. Yeah, Sorry, but I I loved this standoff where he kind of just lays it out in front of him. You know, we cleaned up your mess when you were sending Compound V, as you're saying, Chris, around the world, so that mm-hmm. they had that opposition of super villains, super terrorists, um, uh, you know, to massage his ego, and it's like. You've now got a, a film premiere to go to. Uh, yeah, you go off and do that exactly. because I'll run my company. I'll run my company, yeah. which is pharmaceuticals. It's all based around Compound V, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just thought this was a really nice standoff between the two. Yeah. Um, and Homelander really effectively being put in his place. You can see the anger and just the outright rage. Uh, in his face and so well done as i say i did think red eye was going to happen and edgar was going to get splattered but of course there's only so much he can do with that but uh what a great kind of confrontation uh you know edgar is our non-soup superhero he's able to stand up to him in that sense definitely definitely. a true hero yeah Yeah, you know there is that moment where you kind of realize homelander's smart you know at the end of the day he's still a smart person he still understands that actually everything that stan edgar is saying to him is right like you know he's not lying to him he's telling him you're just a product all you are is exactly is a front for this organization you're not in the lead you're not the one that's responsible for the business we're not in the business of superheroes, as you said. So, uh, really, really good. I'm a pretty recent convert to uh, to Giancarlo Esposito, the actor who plays uh, Stan Edgar. We saw him a little bit in season one of The Boys, of course, but um, he's apparently his, his biggest role was Breaking Bad. I, I've said it before, not a show that I've watched uh, very much of. I think we only got through about four or five episodes of the first season, but that's kind of where he Same. came from. Um, yeah. Everybody knows him from that. All the fans of Breaking Bad are, you know, like we talk about uh, Michael K. Williams from The Wire as being a big breakout character from The Wire, they talk about Giancarlo Esposito being the character that everybody wants to watch at other stuff. Um, I think most recently we saw him in The Mandalorian. He yeah. played the big bad yeah. in that and ate up the scenery around him there. Uh, it's really good seeing him here because Anthony Starr was the scenery eater of season one. Every time he's on screen, yeah. nobody could stand toe-to-toe with him. Giancarlo Esposito just steps right up there and is so good at just shutting down this conversation. Definitely. Yeah. He's the perfect actor for this role in, in this scene. It's just so good. And now I'm excited to see how Homelander is going to fight against him throughout the season and fight against his control throughout the season because he's not going to like having somebody else in control after getting rid of Madeline, yeah. you know? So. Well, that's it. It's even, you know, he gives the history of Vought and mm-hmm. um, Homelander's kind of like, what I, I I know this. Why of course, yeah. you know I've read this autobiography five times exactly, <laughs> um, and then it's just that you know you're you're a, a front piece for mm-hmm. this organization. Yeah, you're not our main concern. It's Compound V. Yeah, um, I yeah. and just completely pulls the rug from under his uh, his feet. Uh, really like this scene. So good. Yeah, yeah. V is going to play a big part. In this, the, the the fact that they've given you the history of Vought, 
uh, Frederick Vaught and the history of World War Two, and they've name checked Soldier Boy, and they've brought all this back up. This bec- now this is a central element of season two. Yeah. I, I'm very much expecting this to become one of the big big kind of threads. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Also, I will say very quickly, uh, Giancarlo Esposito is the lead villain in uh, Far Cry Six, the upcoming video game uh, by Ubisoft. That's right. Um, yes. Yeah, so that's coming Excellent. in 2021, and he's going to be the scene eating there. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Cool stuff. Yeah, we'll yeah. be getting full of yes. all this scenery that he's been eating. <laughs> um, be I'm going to close out the outstanding moments for the episode uh, with my one because uh, we haven't mentioned him at all. <laughs> no, uh, we haven't. Gecko uh, the S and M whore. Uh, yeah. This other soup that has the ability to have his limbs cut off, not feel any pain, and they grow back. So that was um, very cool. This, um, that scene. Yeah. Uh-huh, absolutely. Love so that. yeah, effectively, he's taking money from people to chop off his limbs in <laughs> hotel rooms. Um, Fetish know. for hire. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, I, I love the way they they set this scene where we have Starlight following him to make sure this is what he's doing and film him effectively but you you see from uh, Starlight at the window watching this arm being hacked off like not just chopped off you know the, 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 the guy who's paying him to do it says to Gecko you know do you want me to do it in just one smooth blow or do you want me to do it with multiple so, like, I don't care. Yeah. You do whatever you want because it doesn't hurt him kind of thing. But you see Starlight outside watching it through her phone and you can see she's gagging at what's going on in the room. She's disgusted about what's going on. Um, there's also a subtle uh, Big Lebowski reference uh, in in here, which I noticed, which is uh, <laughs> when they've finished and the arm is grown back, Echo offers to allow the the guy to uh, cut off a more intimate part of the body. Uh, and the response from uh, from the guy is, um, let me just see if I can find a cash machine. <laughs> yeah. Where's the closest ATM? Where's the closest ATM? <laughs> to get yeah, this absolutely. Out. Uh, yeah, for an extra $1,000, you can chop off my hot dog. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um... um. <laughs> This is really cool. The one bit I'm slightly still confused is where the file came from. The file that Huey gives uh, January uh, that Starlight that so basically where that has come from. Yeah. Because it's a Vought personnel file. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just can't remember where that one, where they got these hard files from. I'm assuming it's Butcher's kind of files Uh that they're still using. Yeah, potentially. They need to explain that slightly a bit more. Yeah, I, th- I think we kind of had a little bit that in season one that they were able to get access to certain files. Um, we yep. got a little bit of, you know, Frenchie has the ability to, to use computers really well. Hugh, he's obviously really good at computers, you know. Um, that was kind of one of the functions he was performing in season one was his, his ability to access networks and, and take information. So although actually now that you say it, Chris, he is kind of running this whole op on his own, isn't he? He's, he's, he's talking yep. to Starlight to get, uh, this, this guy on their side to get Compound V. So yeah. this could be just Huey on his own using a file that he's identified somebody low level enough in the organization, but close enough to get Compound V. So uh, that's what we see. Is to, uh, Starlight confronts this kid um, who she used to know from her younger days on the uh, on the Christian uh, circuit. I was going to say Christian rock circuit, but uh, she's definitely not a rock singer. Um, Christian but, soup uh, circuit. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so we, we see that she tries to use the relationship she had with him at the time, um, to kind of make him do what she needs to do. And when that doesn't work, uh, she shows him that she has the video and, uh, and blackmails him effectively. So, um, it's an interesting one because they, they kind of call on the fact that this is a kid that in our world would be someone like Justin Timberlake or, 
Britney Spears who were on the Disney Channel when they were kids and then they grow up and do something really bad and that becomes their story. So what she's saying to him is, I can see the headlines now. This is going to be former teen superhero star. Look what he does. He's now an S&M whore. Uh, that'll be all over the press and that'll be your legacy effectively. So uh, really like that. I also, you know, she, this is Starlight becoming into her true self. She's very much becoming the, um, the hero that she said she was always going to be back in season one. She's willing to do what she needs to do to take down Vault. So, uh, yeah, loads of stuff in here and also a very funny scene. Yeah, I know. Super duper. And that's why it's my outsider moment from the episode. Uh, any notes before we get into Chris's corner? Nothing from my side. I'm going to talk for quite a few minutes anyway. Okay, I've got one one note, because I did think this was definitely intentional. The hoodies that uh, that Huey and uh, Starlight wear to go and meet each other. Anybody get a reference there to uh, Captain America Civil War? Yeah, where yeah. Everybody wears a hoodie and it makes them invisible to the world around them. <laughs> you even have Starlight standing underneath the Citizen Starlight poster outside of Vault Enterprises and nobody notices it's her, you know. But she's wearing a hoodie. It's okay. <laughs> this is at the end. MCU shrike that they brought over to uh, to the boys. Wear, wear a cheap hoodie. They look, these look like, you know, 10 quid hoodies from uh, our, the equivalent of pennies, I suppose, or TK, TJ Maxx or TK Maxx, isn't it, in the, in the States? One um, of those. One of yeah. those two, yeah. Well, States. speaking of clothing as well, I must say, have to give props to Billy Butcher's velour tracksuit uh, that he rocks on down into the cellar right mm-hmm. at the end to announce that Daddy's back. Um, <laughs> I was like... That is the Zap Brannigan of, of clothing materials mm. here. Um, thought that was really good because it was, it was red, blue, and kind of like an off yellow or something like that. It just looked pretty grim, but he's back with his boots yep. and his velour tracksuit. We didn't talk about Billy Butcher all episode. Obviously, the, he just appears at the end of the episode. We'll see what happens next week, but it uh, it did almost make me think, you know, there everybody's wondering, where is Billy Butcher? Where has he been? And, you know, with the velour tracksuit, it felt like, has he been hiding out in Florida with retirees? <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that what he's done? You know, did he put on a wrinkly mask or something and hide out with uh, hide out with with old folks down in, uh, down in Florida? Was that, that where he was? Uh, great to see him back. Great, uh, great joke throughout the episode uh, felt very Simpsons like the um the uh drama that's been made out of his apparent murder of <laughs> Madeline uh, with all the words in the wrong place because obviously uh, Billy Butcher is a character from England or Australia uh, we still don't really know but they mess around with the words so in the way that nobody from either England or Australia would actually talk uh, so uh, I think call, I'm trying to think what he calls right now I've uh, completely forgotten how he says it I think he says something like don't bollocks it up which is something that, uh, that nobody would use in a sentence that way uh, but there you go uh, good good fun good fun I guess that means if nobody else has any notes we are back with season two of Chris's Hooray! Corner for the boys. I got Chris. renewed. Woohoo! Yes, you did. You Woo! did. Uh, this is where Chris tells us some stuff from the comic books about characters that are in the show that we may not know. Any characters that uh, that appeared this time that uh, that we haven't talked about, Chris? Yeah, so there's the two. The, the main ones I'm going to call out now are the two S's. The SS, if you will. The Soldier Boy and Stormfront. Uh, so kicking off with Soldier Boy. So he's name-checked here in this episode uh, by Vought. Uh, by uh, Jean-Paulo mm-hmm. Esposito, by Edgar. Uh, and essentially, there's two. They're, they're, this is the Captain America of the boys' universe. And um, there is the soldier boy from the present, at the point, in, uh, mm-hmm. who is a part of Payback. Payback is the Avengers-esque superhero team. Uh, and okay. uh, so there's a current soldier boy, 
uh, in the comic books anyway. Uh, but there's also then mm-hmm. the soldier boy who is name checked by Edgar, which is the soldier boy from World War Two. And this is again like this is right, he's right. the uh, young Captain America, and what we actually see is that the fun part about this is it's he was one of the first successful kind of compound V soups, but he was mm-hmm. um, very stupid. He was he was like right. big blonde, super jacked, and not a brain cell. So essentially, he was the okay. leading. He was the leader <laughs> of the Avenging Squad. Um, which is a parody mm-hmm. of the the evaders from the Marvel comic books, and because of he course, had no yes. training or anything, he ends up getting everyone killed in one of their very first missions. <laughs> he gets the soups killed. He gets um, he gets him gets the uh, the boys. So remember, there was uh, Greg. Ma- there was Mallory. Yes. So Mallory is was around in World War Two. Yes, in the comic books. Mallory yes. was the leader. Uh, of the commander of the the squad, mm-hmm. so he was the CIA kind of uh, kind of liaison, if you will, the Nick Fury of the whole squad. Yes, and he ends up getting uh, sorry again. Soldier Boy ends up getting Mallory's whole team killed, all the other soups killed, uh-huh. <laughs> and Mallory is the sole survivor. He comes across the original really badly wounded soldier boy mm-hmm. uh, who's begging to be helped, sniveling. I don't want to be here. I'm just a kid out of Brooklyn, blah, 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 blah. And Mallory kills him with a, a grenade. Okay. Which is really fun because it's the creation of the boys. Right, right. Because Mallory goes on then to keep the soups in check. Take down. So that is yeah. the soldier boy. That is the thing. So we're going to be interesting to see now. We do know that Jensen Eckel is uh, coming on to play soldier boy in season three. So will he be... The original Soldier Boy? Will he be the secondary Soldier Boy? Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be fun to see how they play with this character now that he's Absolutely. already been name checked twice. Once in this season, once in the prior. Absolutely, that'll be uh, that'll be really interesting to see which uh, which version they have. It's it's kind of cool, kind of cool to see. Uh, Definitely, the only, the only connection I could see with the, with the Marvel comics maybe would be I think uh, Human Torch is one of those characters. He was originally in the Invaders in. Um, in the 40s when they were in the war yep. with Namor and Captain America and Bucky, the four of them together formed the the first kind of super team. And then they brought in the other Human Torch, the one that's in uh, Fantastic Four, but there's no connection between the two of them. Correct. So yeah. Maybe it's like that. Maybe it's like that. Yeah. So there was another character in the show, Chris, that I'd love to know some more about. Um, uh-huh. Stormfront, our, our new... Uh, yeah. Will we call her an antagonist? For she the certainly looks like she's going to cause trouble. She does. At least for Homelander. Yeah. I think live streaming your first meeting with Homelander, I think that's the only way she thought she could survive a meeting with Homelander. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, this is, I'm so happy that they brought this character in. Mm-hmm. First of all, she's played uh, in the show by Aya Cash, who is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love her uh, work in uh, You're the Worst, um, which is just, it's an hilarious comedy show. Oh, okay. Um, but it's a, it's a gender-swapped version. So Stormfront in the comic books is one of the, again, original, actually the very first soup ever created. Mm. He was... The uh, Nazi soup. He was basically born and created by Vought in in Nazi Germany as a child. Right. And then fled with Vought to America mm-hmm. when uh, during the war. Oh, very uh, when the, the, op- the Operation Paperclip. Paperclip? During the Operation Paperclip uh, p- kind of piece that we saw. 
Um, he's his public persona is that he's a reincarnated Viking. His whole thing is that he's like plays electricity, so he's that kind of mix of Shazam slash Thor. Okay, okay. Um, nice. But is a complete Nazi. Like is just crazy, crazy, Horrible. crazy. Um, but is the leader of Payback. Uh, which is that kind of Avengers yep. kind of super team. So I think they're setting up the creation of the secondary team. Ooh, very much so. Yeah. Because they also name-checked Tech Knight in oh, this episode during the film. They would, The premiere was Tech Knight's new film. Tech Knight is the Iron Man, um, Batman kind of okay. character uh, in this. And again, a member of Payback. Very good. So lots of, lots of characters in the comic book that we haven't heard before. Um yeah, like Stormfront obviously has the biggest impact uh, on the show that yes. we see here. She, she, or her arrival is definitely one that that uh, turns a few heads. Um, you know, <laughs> as she as she comes in, even poor Ashley as she begs <laughs> yeah. to not be killed for uh, for uh, Stormfront being added to the team. As the well. panic on her face yeah. is like, this wasn't me. This was not me. <laughs> Really good. Um, so yeah, no, this is just, it's so good to see this character here because mm-hmm. there is some truly crazy shizness that <laughs> happens with this character throughout the comic books. And if they take even a tenth of it, mm-hmm. it will be, it will be some great TV. Excellent. Excellent. That's, that's cool. Thanks, Chris. Great to have Chris's quarter back. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, thanks, season. Chris. Yeah, cool. No um, problem. Let's close out the episode then. Uh, guys, overall, what did you think of the boys season two, episode one, The Big Rise? The big ruid was really good. Um, it's yeah, no, I really ride. enjoyed this. The, the The big ride was really good. Uh-huh. Um, I was so happy to be back in this universe, this story, this characters, this everything. Um, they didn't do what I thought they would do, which was spend the first episode kind of going, here's what happened since we last saw your characters. Uh-huh. What do you mean they zigged like, when you thought they were going to zag? <laughs> yeah, they did. They zigged and zagged and... Basically, they went in a straight line. No. Uh, <laughs> that's going to stick. That really is going to stick. Um, but anyway, they. I'm so happy to be back there. It is everything I loved about season one, and it seems to be slightly um, uh, ramped up. Yeah. Um, so I'm overall very happy to be back, and I'm just dying to get into episode two so I can wrap this up and very watch it very soon. I want to watch it. <laughs> well, you can watch it directly after we finish uh, finish recording. So let's close right even quicker. John, what do you think of this episode? I really, I really love this. Uh, like Chris, I'm just glad to be back with uh, the boys mm-hmm. here. Um, I just loved all of it. Getting back to the characters, the the craziness of the boys, uh, and see new injections of craziness, like with Stormfront. Um, and I'm really pleased Ashley is back as mm, well yeah. to to replace uh, Madeline Stillwell. I was wondering who was going to do it. That's really, really good. Um, yep, I would give this um, you know, four and a half S&M hookers out of five <laughs> uh, for me. You know, having Gecko in there, seeing the bloodshed of Black Noir right at the start, mm-hmm. uh, all of this is so like good and the deep still you know going down and i just can't wait to see the next episode like chris um it's it's irreverent it's brash it's on the nose 
it's crazy it's a little weird um it's <laughs> it has some great skits of you know beloved uh marvel and dc uh comics mm-hmm. and uh i just can't wait to see uh this unfold and yeah i think having edgar and homelander going he- uh head to head was excellent and reina blowing her canister as well um yeah this is getting uh, really serious now for for Vault Industries uh, going into the army. So uh, I like this. Uh, and I like the fact that they've teased the idea that Homelander's maybe, you know, his position at the head of that conference table uh, on the top floor for the seven mm-hmm. seems a little more precarious now after that conversation with Edgar and with the arrival of Stormfront. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Really uh, good stuff. Loved it. Excellent. Yeah, overall, love this episode. Really enjoying uh, what they're providing at the start of the season because it comes out of the gates hot. Like, you know, uh, I think the promise that we heard from from the actor who plays Huey, uh, Jack Quaid, was that this season, it's not only going to be him covered in blood, it'll be everybody else covered in blood. So, uh, So this is going to be a bloody second season, and I'm looking forward to every single moment of it. That's it. That's our thoughts about the first episode of season two of The Boys. Uh, we are going to be running another pub quiz. Yeah, get your booze on, boys, um, <laughs> because, yeah, the pub quiz is back. So we will give a question each episode. Uh, you can send that answer into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Just send it back an answer per episode if you want to, or you can collect them all together and, and send them through all in one go. Mm-hmm. Um However you want to do it is fine by us. Please just make sure you say pub quiz um, in the subject title uh, of the the email that uh, you send it back through. So there will be prizes as well at the end of this. We are still to determine what they are. Well, you know, we we make the commitment <laughs> that in the next few episodes we'll be able to announce what goodies it is yes. that we're giving away for the boys. There will be boys related, of course, as they always are. But unfortunately, the last time we did one for our Umbrella Academy podcast, we didn't reveal the uh, goodies until uh, we did the wrap up and gave them out. So yes, we, we, we will do better. We will do better. Exactly. But John, what is the question for The Boys, Season 2, Episode 1. What cocktail is the deep drinking as he watches Translucent's funeral from Sandusky, Ohio? Ooh, I like it. Yeah, what is he chugging back uh, in Sandusky, Ohio? Do we get extra points if we know how many he chugged back? (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) That that might be counting quite a while, judging by his uh, reaction. (laughs) excellent stuff excellent stuff thanks so much for joining us as we said uh, email us into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with your answers to the to the pub quiz question or any thoughts you have on the boys season two as we go through it you can also go over to tvpodcastindustries.com and you can find any links to all of our places where we have the podcast uh, subscribe to us there and you get every episode of all of the shows that we cover including lovecraft country which we're also covering every week uh, much more horrific but probably the same amount of blood as going on in the boys. I would say so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The amount of, do you think like the industry that's most grown over the last couple of years has been fake blood production? Yeah. Oh, corn syrup, so. isn't it? Is it yeah. corn syrup with red dye or whatever? Must be. Yeah. It must be that. Yeah. Tasty. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to head on to patreon.com slash TV podcast industries where you can support us just for a buck or anything you can. We appreciate it. it helps us keep the lights on, but it also helps us 
keep the podcast going and any support means the world to us absolutely Thank it also s- helped us get chris's new microphone if you didn't hear our wrap-up uh, podcast for umbrella academy chris cops a new microphone uh, from our wonderful uh, patrons over the last few months yeah Thank absolutely so much, thank you so much to the patrons and of course the 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 support from all of you as well um really really good and uh, yeah it's it's fab absolutely yeah if you can't support us on patreon there's loads of other ways to support us you can share the podcast with all of your social circle you can go on over to apple podcasts and leave us a review on tv podcast industries uh, give us a five star review sure why not uh, won't take you too long will it no it just click five and go they're great exactly exactly that's all it takes. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with episode two of The Boys this weekend. Proper preparation and planning. I'm glad Three you said P's. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, Chris. I left it for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it will be later today and episode three will be out this weekend. Don't forget the rest of the episodes are coming out weekly on Fridays and we'll have them out shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you so much, fellow boys and girls, for listening as always. It is a pleasure speaking with you. And remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep drinking your milk. Oh, no. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.